0: what's up ladies and gentlemen welcome to a conversation with joshua t berglin and cheryl bass cheryl i am so blessed to have you here i don't think i've ever had a children's author before or even a social worker so this is mm. super exciting for me because the content that i normally create is a little bit different and more extreme. However, your line of work and what you do does resonate and is something that is very special to me, having having been able to work with social workers for the very, very early part of my career for 18 years. Admire the work you all do. So to have an author through the lens that you've seen the world is something that's very exciting and special to me. So welcome. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. So tell us, oh, wait, almost forgot the most important part. What are you grateful for today and why?
1: I'm grateful for being on this podcast and meeting you. Why? Because you seem like a very nice guy and very personable so far. So I'm enjoying this.
0: Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I want to know about your book, but I, before we get into that, because the illustrations that I've seen are so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the very first thing I thought was this needs to be a TV show. And kids would love this. So that was my very first instinct. But I want to ask you, like, what got you into social work? I've
1: always been, I'm not currently a practicing social worker anymore. I was a practicing social worker. And I have a master's in social work and an undergrad in, in psychology. And throughout my life, I've always been the person that likes to listen to what other people have to say and try to help them with whatever their concerns are. So that's why I went into social work. But then when I was a social worker, I was helping other people get jobs and self-actualize. And I, one of the things I was helping them do was find employment and so on. And I found my chart notes were getting very flowery and descriptive. And then I started wondering, what is that about? Because no one's going to read this unless it's audited. And then I realized, well, maybe I'm wanting to do something with my writing. And so then I went back to school and got a master's in journalism and was a journalist for a little while and then went into PR. And then th- I've been in PR for about 15 years and now wrote this children's book.
0: So much social work goes into PR, though. Yes. Like yes. it's ama- Isn't it amazing how everything we do in our life has prepared us for the exact moment we're in, no matter how yes. tragic, how crazy... Even the little random jobs that maybe we're not so passionate about, how it ends up playing a pivotal role yes. into what we get to do.
1: For example, when I was a journalist, I found that I was able to get my interview subjects to really self-disclose and get to the heart of a story in a way that other reporters were not able to. So that really helped me in my journalistic work from my social work back
0: We actually could use some journalists like that now instead mm. of the computer doing all this stuff. I'm all for technology, but... There's something I have so much respect for real journalism, especially Mm. navigating the waters that we're in now, but Mm. you know, that the journalistic integrity is the very first thing I think of when I think of the old school journalists that would Mm -hmm. dedicate their lives to a story and to get all the details and all Mm -hmm. the facts. It's such a beautiful thing. And of course you do that as a social worker. So I see how that translates into being an author. Is this your first book or do you have several?
1: I have others that are in draft form that have not been published yet, but I'm going to probably self-publish them as well. So this is the first one I've self-published.
0: Okay. So now I want to get into the book because this is, I got to ask you about the illustrations first, because the illustrations are gorgeous. Where'd the inspiration for that? The, uh, I,
1: uh, okay. First of all, self-publishing, I want to say is a bit of a misnomer. When I decided to self-publish, I really thought I would be sitting alone in a room with a big book called Self-Publishing for Idiots or similar. And I would have to be trying to figure out how to navigate all this by myself, right. but it's not true. As uh, I'm a member of a group called Society for Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, SCBWI, and also Children's Book, Illust- Children's Book Insider, CBI. And both of those groups have for their members various videos that you can watch of various things about how to write or how to get published and so on. So I was watching one of these videos and there was a woman on there named April Cox, And she has a business called Self-Publishing Made Simple. Yeah. And I worked with her and she actually got on Zoom calls with me and she walked me through how to submit my manuscript to the Library of Congress to get it copyrighted and all of those things. And one of the things she did is she has um, vendors that she works with and she had about 12 illustrators that she works with. And she had me look at all of their websites and limit it down to my top four from their websites. So I narrowed it down to four and then she said, "Okay, write each of them an email, offer to pay them each about $50 and have them each sketch just in black and white, the same exact scene from your book and then compare how they all drew the same scene. And then you can hopefully narrow it down. So then I narrowed it from four down to my top two. And then I used my friends and family, specifically those, particularly those with grandchildren and children to really give their opinion, be my focus group, and tell me which dragon did they like better, which townspeople did they like better, all of that. And that's how I found my illustrator.
0: I was like seeing the merchandise and the movie, Mm -hmm. you know what it was about. And you're right, self-publishing, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions about it, but we self-published our book. We hit bestseller. We figured out how to do it ourselves, And I'd been to enough seminars that I kind of picked up on what the strategy was and how to do it. but. What I think is really cool, and I have a referral now to make to, a, to the people that you worked with, because I have a friend that's writing children's books also, and mm. where he's stuck is the illustrator. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting, and I it's actually a very smart way of going about finding somebody to illustrate. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the book. Where did the inspiration for the book come, and what's it about?
1: Okay, first I'll tell you about what the book is about. It's about a baby dragon who's flying around, having a great time, and all of a sudden, somehow he catches a cold and he sneezes. And as the dragons breathe fire. So when he sneezes, he accidentally burns down an entire village. And all the people are really mad. They all want to attack him. But this little girl, it doesn't make sense to her. Why would he be flying around for weeks and n- having no problems and then suddenly decide to attack them? It, she was suspicious of this. She was still mad because her whole village is burned down. But she decides to go to his cave to find out why he would do this. And because she thinks to ask the question and not make assumptions about somebody she doesn't know, she basically saves the town, saves the day. So that's one of the lessons not to make assumptions about others. So it. it there's I, mean,
0: that, so talking. I just, I,
1: you, you, what you're saying reminds me of a note that I took down. Keep talking. Okay. So social emotional learning is a term that's used a lot now in education, but also in social work and other fields. And basically it has to do with those kind of pro-social values that we like to teach our children, like about sharing, about teamwork, about trust about not making assumptions about others, about apologizing when you've done something wrong. And all of those kinds of messages are in my story. So that's what the story is about. Now, how it came about was about 13 years ago, I was walking along and I sneezed really hard. And I had the ridiculous thought, well, it's a good thing I'm not a dragon because this would have done a lot of damage. And then I thought, okay, this sounds like a good idea for a picture book. So I wrote the picture book. I put it in a drawer, didn't do anything with it for 12 years. And then a couple of years ago, I tried to get it traditionally published and people were not interested in it. I tried publishing houses that didn't need agents and I tried literary agents as well. Some of them didn't like it because it rhymed and certain things go in and out of fashion in the publishing industry. And I guess rhyme is not a very popular right now, but I love rhyme. I'll explain why later if you'd like me to, yeah, But but they were not interested. And part of that is children's book writing is really competitive right now. It used to be that celebrities would get a fragrance. Now celebrities are writing picture books. So, you know, Jimmy Fallon, Reese Witherspoon, Mariah Carey, all of these people have children's books and say a typical traditional book publisher has maybe 10 spaces in a year for picture books, of course, they're going to take Jimmy Fallon's book over mine because I don't have a built-in audience. I don't have the name recognition. So that's part of the difficulty. But I love self-publishing. I'm going to self-publish my additional books. I think there's a lot more creative control. If I were traditionally published, I would not have been able to choose my illustrator. They would have chosen that person for me. And they would have made what their dragon how they wanted to make it. And it wouldn't may not have been like my vision at all of how I wanted the book to look. So
0: I, and so I admired this because that is exactly why we took the process that we did with our book and even our, that we made, we no, nope, we didn't have any money, but we found a way to make a movie. Anyway, it was a, a lot, lot of, of fun that. and submitted it to film festivals and we mm-hmm. won and it's, it's fun. And there's something really special about doing that yourself. And mm-hmm. I, when I was in college, I had the opportunity to be a backup dancer in a little Romeo who's master P son. And this is gosh, it's almost been 20 years. I think I'm 40. Yeah, golly, I'm getting old. But I wanted to partake in some different activities with Master P. And but instead, he gave me business advice. And this business advice at the time didn't really register, but it always stuck with me. And it was own your own, own Hmm. your license, own your own licensing, own your own messaging, own your likeness, own your if you promote something, you own it, own your content, all of that. And When I found myself in the entertainment world, I got to see up close and personal why that is. And there's something to say about freedom. There's something to say about getting to keep your own money, but there's also something to say about owning your likeness because then you get to do things the way that you're led, not the way someone's telling you to do it. And that is way more gratifying, more scary, the longer road, but it's more gratifying And I believe something like this and like the way that you're going about promoting it and so forth, I believe that's going to help you generate a buzz because I got to tell you again, it stands out. Like you did Mm. such a wonderful job of self-publishing, like you should teach courses on (laughs) how to do it because you did a wonderful job.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And another thing about those illustrators is when you said about retaining rights, that's one of the reasons those 12 illustrators are the ones that April Cox works with, because they all do something called work for hire, which means that when the illustrations are done, the author retains the rights to those illustrations.
0: That's awesome. So Mm -hmm. have you looked into creating toys and apparel and other things to go with the book?
1: I have thought about that. Right now, I'm a sole proprietor. And I have this fear that if I make a dragon plush, some kid is going to choke on it, and then they'll take my house. So what I would like to do is become an LLC first to protect my house and my belongings in case some kid chokes on a on something and and I'm sued. Fair so enough. I would my first step before I make any kind of merchandise would be to become an LLC.
0: Huh. I like that. That's actually a really good strategy. So you've thought about it. That's cool. I At yeah. least you're like looking that way because to me, this has so much potential. Well, are you doing book fairs or anything like
1: that? I have not yet. I'm going to be, there's one that I have just, I just wrote to somebody to get a booth at an education conference for pre-K and kindergarten. And then I have a book reading that I'm doing at a Barnes and Noble near me. Nice. Yeah. So those, That's cool. And then in the summer, right now I live in Chicagoland, so you can't do anything when it's outdoors. But when the summer fairs happen, I'm going to probably have a booth at some of the summer fairs.
0: We have, I got my window. I think there's five feet of snow and Mm -hmm. I'm in Minnesota. So we're right next Mm. door to each other. It's
1: freaking cold
0: up here. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Why do people move up here? It's so (laughs) cold. I think that's really interesting. Can you... What are the other books you're working on? Are they children's books also? Or are you gonna Are you branching outside of children's
1: books? I have some other ideas for children's books that are in draft form, and then I also am going to be probably doing sequels to this baby dragon, so he'll have other adventures.
0: I hope this turns into a cartoon or a series or a movie. I, I, don't would know, love I just that. want to see that happen. Now going back to social work, and I know that was it's almost like a different lifetime ago, but. Have you ever, from your experiences into that and then your experiences with NPR, have you, because like you learn a lot through that process and there's a lot of value, like your intellectual property, just in the experiences that you had, that's a book too. Are you led to talk about those stories at all too? Or is that not something you're into?
1: I hadn't thought about that, about turning that into a story about what I did as a social worker. I have some personal essays that I've written. In fact, I have a personal essay that has been in two anthologies that are available now on Amazon. It's the same story that I tweaked a little bit for each one. One of them is in Lost Souls Found, Inspiring Stories About Chihuahuas. And the other one is in a book called um, Rescue and the Dogs Who Rescued Us. And the True no, I'm sorry, Second Chance Dogs, True Stories of the Dogs We Rescue and the Dogs Who Rescue Us. So both of those books have the same story. And it was about my experience being a stage mom to my dog at the time, Lyric, who in Boulder Dinner Theater's production of Wizard of Oz. So she was Toto and she did that for seven shows a week for five months. So that was a really cool. I, might, I may turn it into a children's book as well, but it's right now it's a personal essay. I, I used to have her come out at the end of the show and sign paw I used to mm-hmm. put her paw in a little ink pad and have her put the paw on on people's playbills. So the whole thing was just really a fun experience for me. So...
0: That does sound neat. Now in journalism, like that, again, it's, it's a that's a whole different approach than yeah. writing, even though the, the, the skills transfer. But in that craft, what was the most surprising lesson that you learned in all of your experience in journalism?
1: One of the things that could be a problem for me if I want to write a novel is I'm, I have so ingrained in my mind the journalism mantra that if you can't say it in 600 words or less, it's not worth saying. So I'm so used to paring things down to a journalistic article, the length of an article. And I guess that's why children's picture books are in a sense easier for me right now because they don't really exceed more than 400 to 500 words. I have to get better if I'm gonna write a novel at describing the trees and the sky and waxing poetic about things, which I'm not used to spending that much time on in my writing.
0: I struggle with that too. I just get to the point. And now I write that way. When I speak, I tell stories. Like I Mm. just like love to paint the picture. And I speak in figure eights, as I call it, because I thrive with dyslexia. Like I, sometimes it gives me fits, especially with doing math. But Mm. like when I speak typically, or I tell a story, I write in this figure eights. And sometimes it may take me 45 minutes to get back to where Mm. I mean, wet. that's how my brain works. But I've learned to, it's just like that's my style. And like, I like that, and that's the thing about self-publishing that you can do that. You can take your own risk. You can try your own style if you feel led, and if it bombs. But I also look at writing as an art. Journalism is to me as an art, mm-hmm. and as an artist, you're like it's about painting the picture that you feel paint, Painting people are offended or. They don't like it or not. It's not so much the issue now. When you're selling books, like get it, it's a little bit different. But I, uh, anyway, I so that's I don't know what I don't even know what I'm saying. Anyway, I'm really excited for the books. I actually want to get a copy for my kids because I like you and I like what I what you've said the book is about. And then, Jen again, the pictures are just awesome. So I'm gonna buy a copy for my girls. And uh, why don't you tell the audience where they can buy your book, where they can follow your journey, and where they can support you?
1: Great. Okay, so my book is available on Amazon, not just Amazon.com, but all the Amazons in other countries as well. It's also available at BarnesandNoble.com, Target.com, and Walmart.com. Um, and then my website is www.b-be-kindpublishing. So bekindpublishing.com with a hyphen between the B and the kind. And, and anyone who goes to that website, if you want, you can download free coloring pages that you can print them out and your kids can color them if they want.
0: That's so. cool. <laughs> I have never, I've actually never heard of anyone doing that. Mm. I had a, there's a, I, inter- I had a conversation with a, a woman in Jerusalem this morning during a broadcast. She's an author too. She's written one, one children's book, but 41 other books. Oh, wow. And they, we had this, I just brain farted. As I told you before we started the interview, there's all this crazy stuff going on and my brain is not necessarily focused. So I do apologize, okay. oh, that's but funny. I've kind of skipped out my brain mentally, but I think, like I said, what you're doing is awesome. I'm excited. I'm rooting for you with the books. I want to see you be a smashing success
1: oh, thanks because
0: so look, it's the road that you're taking is the long road, but in my opinion, it's the best road. I'm rooting for you. I'm cheering for you. And I can't wait to buy your book.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate it.